0: And welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records, or in this episode, Q, our listeners' favorite records. Ah, oh, that's music to my ears, dude. Love it. Is this our first episode that, um, that was essentially inspired by a listener's
1: suggestion? absolutely dude i think it is what's even better is this band is freaking great dude and they're growing on me yeah a lot totally
0: and and they are um you know they make the rounds on lists of best shoegaze records and uh yeah we'll talk about kind of where they fall on the shoegaze tree of um the family tree of shoegaze bands that we've kind of mentioned before in the past but um yeah, we're talking about Swerve Driver today, and that is all thanks to a listener who reached out to us on Instagram.
1: So a few months back, a listener of ours, Marita, reached out to us uh, to talk about a band that she is super into called Swerve Driver, asked if we could do an episode on them. So we gave them a listen. It was a no-brainer. We're like, of course we're going to – yeah, we should absolutely – cover Swerve Driver, because they fit in perfectly with the music we've been listening to lately. Uh, We both checked out their debut record, Raise, which came out in 91. So, you know, a little conversation started with Marita, and um, she shared this story with us that we're going to kind of kick off this episode with. She says, "Um, I first discovered Swerve Driver when I was 16. I saw them on a late-night TV show. I knew that this music was different in a good way. The song was raved down, and then I heard Son of a Mustang Ford. I was hooked. I took out on loan a couple of their albums from a library that let you hire out CDs for a small fee. This was before the internet speeds were fast and people weren't downloading music at this stage. I recorded their CDs to tapes, and I listened to those tapes endlessly. Every time I listened to Swerve Driver, it was like being instantly transported into Swerve Driver's guitar-driven sonic world. I love that, dude. Perfectly said. Everything about it. There's so many parts of of her discovery and connection with Swerve Driver that we can relate to, man. Like, immediately I thought of Spoon.
0: Yeah, we discovered them on, on Jay Leno. Or Conan, one of those one of those late night hosts, yeah,
1: yeah, one of those late night TV shows, and it was music that was different in a good way, which is how she put it, you know, like yeah. this this was something different, you know,
0: feels different, yeah,
1: yeah, and that's I think Spoon was the first band where I where I thought that like wow, this is something different that I've never heard before, and it is awesome,
0: really good way to kick off this episode, and yeah, thanks again for sending this suggestion to us. Hopefully, we can get more and more listeners to reach out with to to us with um music that they love, bands that they love, give us a little write-up on what makes them special and maybe, you know, how you found out about them. And and who knows, maybe we'll do a whole episode on them. And um, yeah, so I think it's time to just jump in, dude. You know, it's time to jump in, but let's, let's take a quick break first and then we'll get back.
1: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. So, Trav, I actually have used BetterHelp in the past, and it was a really, really great experience. I loved my therapist. He gave me a lot of great tools that I still use to this day. You know, without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. Good news is therapy does work. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be, really. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and you would like some tools to help. Maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever it is you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. And it's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapists in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And we've got a special offer for No Filler listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash no filler. That's betterhelp.com slash no filler. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. All right. So the song that we introed in with was Son of a Mustang Ford, uh, which is one of the songs that Marita mentioned after hearing Rave Down on that late night TV show. And Rave Down is the single, I believe. Son of a Mustang Ford is one of the singles. Yeah, I think they're both singles, actually. Okay, cool. So we're going to cover a couple albums to their first two records. And yeah, their first album again is Raze, which came out in 91. So yeah, these guys uh, started back in 84. Well, the two main guys, Adam Franklin and Jimmy Hartridge, they were schoolmates. And they started a band called Shake Appeal in 84 with Franklin's older brother, and a drummer named Patty Pulzer. So even in the early days, they kind of turned their attention to American groups like Husker Du, Sonic Youth, Dinosaur Jr., and they were inspired to, quote, push out the boundaries of electric guitar within a pop format. I mean, with those three bands, dude, you've got I mean those those were the 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 rock groups that were doing all like something different around that time, right? Husker Du, Sonic Youth, Dinosaur Jr., and yeah, what a great like foundation for influences to to kickstart a band with, you know? And that's what
0: was that quote you said? Pushing the boundaries of guitar?
1: Push out the boundaries of electric guitar within a pop format.
0: I mean, yeah, that's that's shoegaze, right? I mean, that's
1: yeah exactly or
0: at least the the, you know pushing the boundaries of of guitar some shoegaze bands were less poppy than others and and you know focused more on like the noise aspect of it but yeah this is a band that falls more along the lines of maybe like a catherine wheel or something like that who's writing more straightforward sounding like melodic pops and stuff but the guitar uh sound is is like i said being pushed a little bit for further into the you know, the extremes of UO.
1: Yeah, exactly. So they started way back in eighty four. And in eighty seven, they acquired Adrian Vines as their bass player. And then in eighty nine, drummer Graham Bonner. So that so the fully formed band as Swerve Driver formed in 90, in eighty nine. Uh and then they signed to A&M Records in ninety one. And I thought this was interesting, this quote here. I don't remember who it was that was being interviewed, but They chose A&M over Geffen because, quote, there's only one band in Geffen, and that's Guns N' Roses. So basically, they thought if they signed to Geffen, they wouldn't get the attention that they deserved from the record label. I thought that was interesting because Sonic Youth signed to Geffen in 1990, but it's interesting to hear another band coming up around this time choose a totally different record label over Geffen because they're like, there's no way we're going to get the attention we deserve and like the time and focus and energy if we're on Geffen because they've got Guns N' Roses. (laughs) Who are we?
0: You know? Right. Well, that's funny. Yeah. I mean, I I wonder if, if Sonic Youth just had more, more confidence. I mean, Sonic Youth never really um, made it all that big either. I mean, compared to a band like Guns
1: N' Roses, obviously. No. No, but they they had a lot of cheerleaders, you know, in the early 90s. I I doubt that Swerve Driver did. But, you know, there was was a lot of, like, word on the street about Sonic Youth, you know, with, like, who they knew in the art world and the people that they knew and stuff. Like, yeah, I I think there was a little bit more confidence going in from Sonic Youth around that time. But, yeah, I thought that was interesting. So 1991, they signed to A&M, and then they uh, did what a bunch of bands were doing around that time. Uh, one of them that comes to mind is Lush, who we covered a few weeks back, where they just as soon as they had, you know, three or four songs, they would drop an, a little EP, you know, so they were just dropping tiny little EPs here and there up until September of 91 when they kind of just piled all those EP songs together and threw, a, threw on a couple more songs to create their first full length, which is Rays. We got a couple songs to play off this record, but man... I'll just say now, dude. When I, so I I, I listen to both albums all the way through today, and when I press play on Mescal Head, which is their second studio album that came out two years later, it's different in like all the right ways, dude. Like there's it's, it's really cool to kind of hear how their sound changed a little bit, and for good reason they lost quite a few members in the band, but we'll get to that once we dive into these. First few songs. Trav, we're gonna play some singles today. That's fine. Yeah, I want to cover the two songs that you liked from from Rays, uh and one of those Sandblasted is a single, but that's fine, dude. You know, that's it's right. fine. It's fine.
0: Yeah, so let's just dive right in here, Q and, and and play some tunes. So uh we're gonna start with the very first track on their debut record. Always a good way to to, to introduce yourself to a band is is just hit play on. Track one of the first record, right? This is like their opening statement to the world, even though, like you said, they had put out EPs prior to this, but this is their debut full length, right? Yep. So, this is a pretty cool name, I think, for a track. And I think, technically, in some way, sort of classifies them as a space rock band, right? I guess, yeah, that's what we've learned over these last few months, dude. <laughs> yeah. But I would think that, you know, aside from just talking about, you know, UFOs and stuff, I, I think. Some of their their qualities, their sound qualities it would fall under space rock. But anyway, here we go. So this track is called Psy Flyer. a great way to kick off an album man it's got a great opening
1: nice solid like instrumental bit at the beginning like it goes on for a good like minute and a half or so just we've talked about this before i love when a band does
0: that a nice yeah sort of like lead in to the little runway yeah to a song yeah it kind of helps set the set the tone you know so i've been listening to this band obviously for a couple weeks now and i've been trying to like figure out in my head who his voice reminds me of, and I think I've got it narrowed down, Q. I want your thoughts on this. I feel like it's a mix between Elvis Costello and Phil Linnett of Thin Lizzy.
1: Yes. A mashup of those two. Yeah, I can hear that, dude, for sure. Especially, yeah, especially the Costello bit, for sure. And I never got into Tom Petty, but you know, it's kind of got that Tom Pettyness to yeah, it. Yeah, m- maybe
0: not in the same, uh, but like, yeah, it, it's kind of that like lazy vocal delivery, almost
1: like Bob Dylan in a way. So yeah,
0: yes, yes. There's all of that is kind of mixed up into this.
1: Yeah, and and I pulled this quote because I think it's per- the perfect way to describe it. I don't know who said this it's on Wikipedia. But he's got this stream of consciousness narrative. And I think that's a great way to describe his lyrics. You know, it's kind of just like pen to paper, not really thinking about what he's writing. It's just coming, you know, as it's being formed in his brain, he's writing it down, right? It's just like, not just thoughts on paper, right?
0: Yeah. And some of these lyrics, I mean, this is a funny, this 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 cracked me up. So he's talking about you like aliens coming out, checking out the planet, right? Yep. Yep. It says, this is where they came down to our planet, checking on our climate and our women too. And it says, <laughs> this is what I thought was funny. They said, is this who you love? And I said, yeah, but she only has two arms and one smile. That's all right. That's enough for me by a mile. <laughs> As in like these aliens are like, what are you talking about? This girl only has two arms. She's too. only got
1: one smile, dude. Our women have like eight arms like five <laughs> smiles. My favorite line is, is, uh, you know, and they they repeat this over and over. It's kind of like a chorus. Below the apes, above the angels. We're just these lowly apes, you know, stuck to earth by gravity above us angels. And by angels, I mean these, you know, eight armed multi-smile women. We may be below the apes, but we're above the angels. We're better than angels, dude. Ah. Or
0: the alien sits above the angels. Maybe. Who knows? Anyway, there's a really cool thing that happens at the very, very end of the song. All right.
1: Here we go. Here is the second clip from Sci-Flyer.
0: That's how the song closes. And I was thinking maybe that's the transition to track two, but it's not. It's just they wanted to change up and throw a little little outro to the song to end it. And I, yeah, I thought it was cool.
1: Yeah, this is something that like surprised me in a good way about these guys. They have these really cool just kind of jam kind of breakdowns in a lot of their songs where a good portion of it or like this last third of a song would just be some really cool jam, you know, like an instrumental jam. They do that in both of these albums and it's it's good stuff, man.
0: Yeah, well, it's cool cuz like it it starts with that guitar intro, that nice lead-in and they have a guitar outro to kind of close it out, which is sweet. But yeah, anyway, awesome first track and I think a good introduction to these guys if you've never heard them before. Definitely. So, yeah, like you say, the next track we're going to play is technically a single, and we try not to play singles here on No Filler, but sometimes you got to do it, you know?
1: Yeah, and this one is, you know, it's a single, but only because it was one of the songs released on the little EPs that they were dropping before, Raised.
0: Oh, so it wasn't an official single for the the full length.
1: It's mentioned as one, but but no it was it was track 1 on an ep called sandblasted that came out in july of that year okay so yeah it came out before before rays did cool cool all
0: right well i mean Q, we could just go right into it if you would like what i like about this one um is again it has it has this nice lead in and it's a very it's a much softer guitar sound a, a whole different kind of tone than what you just heard in sci-fi and yeah i think that that's actually Like you said, that's what they did at the end of Sci-Flyer, which was like change up into a whole different melody and riff to kind of close it out. And this song is another example of them doing that where like the start of the song is completely different than where they take it, which is cool. So here we go. This song is called Sandblasted. The shoegaze right there, dude.
1: Yeah, man. You started to get a little bit of that glide guitar sound at the end. Just a little bit.
0: But yeah, I love that guitar um uh, ditty that happens there, sort of like in between the verses. Yes. It's got this very like classic, almost like sixties um Brit pop sound to it
1: almost. Yeah, and that's what made these guys, you know, kind of like what uh Merida was saying, you know, it was different in a good way you know yeah i'm assuming that marita heard this they must have been touring for this album so it must have been 91 when marita heard this so as a music fan in 91 she heard them you know on this late night tv show and this stood out to her yeah and in 91 dude that's right right when it all started yeah good stuff dude and so we're gonna jump right into mescal head and briefly here i'll say a little there's a little bit of a lineup change so uh they started their north american tour in february of 92 and while waiting to cross the canada u.s border for a show in toronto their drummer Graham left for a sandwich and never came back (laughs) (laughs) that's what it says i'm sorry but that
0: (laughs) i mean i've never heard of uh I mean, did he get abducted by a UFO or something? Did they ever find the guy? Oh, <laughs> no. Like, I, I think no. What I think he's I, buried in a ditch somewhere.
1: No, dude. I don't think they It doesn't say that he was never seen or heard <laughs> from again. <laughs> he was never seen but or heard from again. He He, that's, that's he just he funny. got he, never, he said, "I'm going to go get a sandwich." He gets hops off the tour bus and he just leaves.
0: I mean, we look, we hear that all the time about you know, the classic The dad goes out for cigarettes and never comes back. I've never heard it from a a drummer before.
1: Every other Unsolved Mystery episode starts off like that, dude. That's really funny, man. um, Yeah. Well, I mean, that's one way to leave a band. Yeah, yeah. So it says here, despite having fully intended to complete the tour, artistic differences between band members made it impossible for him to continue. So he just wasn't feeling it, dude. So he, he left for a sandwich, you know? And then in August of 92, so same year, uh, their bass player, A.D. Vines, left to form the heavy metal-oriented band Skyscraper. Never heard of them, but they could be cool. So, yeah, things change, you know, as as they're kind of regrouping and, and figuring out. Basically, uh, to quote Adam Franklin, all that remained of the band was, quote, myself jimmy hartridge and some effects pedals <laughs> so really it was just the main two guys left well, i mean look man those pedals it's are important. important at least they still had those so yeah that's really important make you gotta make sure you have those um but during some recordings leading up to Mescalhead, head uh basically they just met new members along the way like in different you know little bars that they were playing in uh one of the guys approached them saying like, hey, you're the guy from Swerve Driver. You need a bass player. I'm your man. So they got hmm. they got a new drummer. They got a new bass player. um Do you think one of the questions they asked like during the interview process... Do you like sandwiches? Was like,
0: yeah, listen. <laughs> do you like sandwiches? Yeah. And, you know,
1: if they said yes, then look, I this, don't, is not, I don't think this, this is not going to work out. out. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, these, let's see. I'll, I'll give them proper shout outs here. Jeremy... Hindmarsh, who was the ex-drummer of a London band called 530. It's a pretty cool name, as in like the time, 530. Uh, they were introduced by uh, one of the producers of a song called Duress that they recorded for this album, Mescal Head. He was a producer of one of the 530 albums, so he knew that guy. And then Steve George was the, the bass player that approached them at a bar in Camden and said, "Hey, I'm your man." So, they've got a new lineup here. We're going to do something a little bit different, and we're going to dive right into this next album. So, this is 93 that came, uh Mescal Mescalhead came out. And I got to say, man, I I love this album. Like it's now it's already up there dude for me.
0: This is the one. This is the one that you'll see out there uh listed with other other best Suges records.
1: Well, actually, let me I'll just say this too. So, Rays, their debut made it on uh Pitchfork's 50 best shoegaze albums of all time. Actually both records do. This was a a list that Pitchfork released in 2016. Rays is number 15 on that list. Mescalhead is uh number 10 on that list. Okay, top 10. So that's dude, that's yeah. That's something, man. That and that's crazy that I mean, I think we said this last week on our What You Heard dude. Like we just we just don't know. You know, we're, there's so much we're still learning about music in the '90s, and I think this says it all, dude. We just now discovered this group, and they're on their number ten and number fifteen, you know, album album lit on the on these. Their first two albums make it on Pitchfork's top fifty shoegaze records of all time.
0: Yeah, I mean, this year at least, like this has kind of been an exclusively a '90s rock podcast. Like we've done a lot of '90s this year. Yeah, like we could we could do an entire podcast dedicated to 90s rock and be able to do a new record every week just like we do on this on this show and never run out of of great rock records in the 90s. You could never never run out and that's just kind of what we were saying last week like 90s really was this incredible time for for rock
1: music. There were just so many tre- like branches of of the tree, right? Yeah, man, it's 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 crazy. And I it's pretty cool to just now be finding that out (laughs) you know i'm all about it yeah all right so we're going to do something that we don't normally do and i'm actually going to play i mean i guess depending on the version of mescal head that you have this is a bonus track on the u.s edition it was released in 93 so released the same year you know as the as the uk you know the the original release but the last track on the u.s edition is Never Lose That Feeling, which was actually released on the EP of the same name back in May of 92, so a year before Mescalhead, And this is the band's final release with the original lineup. So I thought it only makes sense to go chronologically here. So um, this song I really like because, you know, kind of like with Sandblasted, it it has some really great classic shoegaze moments in it. So... Here we go. This is from an EP released in 92 from Swerve Driver. This song is called Never Lose That Feeling.
0: So one big difference is the harmonizing, like they didn't yes. have that on the first record. Yes, and I wonder if that's the bass player, the new bass player.
1: Well, this is the the original lineup, Trev. That's why I played it
0: first. But is it the original lineup on this record too, or just the EP? Like, did they re-record it? I wonder.
1: Oh, I I, I don't know actually. Um, that's a good question because sometimes they do that. I mean, sometimes. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that this is the original. This is the recording with the original lineup because this is a bonus track okay technically uh gotcha. on the on the u.s edition
0: yeah i bet it is yeah well that's cool so yeah so that's something that the the band had started to do
1: yeah yeah but but i noticed that too in throughout this whole album um it's a little bit of a change up in the sound on the first track uh for seeking heat right off the rip it sounds more heavy a little bit more grungy mm-hmm. but as you, you know, throughout the record, it starts to feel like, and so we mentioned this with, um, what was the band that we were talking about, Trav, that we say like, you know, you can hear what's coming down the pipe, you know, and we were talking specifically about, you know, early 2000s emo and garage rock, like what was to come? Oh,
0: probably, um, yeah, that was our episode on, um, unwound. Unmod, yeah, 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 because they were they they kind of sounded a little bit like some of the stuff you'd hear in the two thousands, the 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 post punk emo stuff from the two thousands, and like Interpol and stuff like that.
1: Right, right, and you know I can hear that even on on this album, even from ninety three. So again, it's like one of those things. Who was listening to this record? Yeah, who would later go on to you know join in those bands in the in the early two thousands? Yeah, be, be influenced by yeah. Yeah, what a great song, dude. Uh, that's I, yeah, I love uh, kind that of an song.
0: uplifting kind of vibe. Yeah, are kind of uplifting a little that bit.
1: That is what. That's kind of what I like. The takeaway for me between Rays and Mescalhead. it is a little bit more upbeat. I, I, that's not the right word, but you know, you'll you'll see. Yeah, I know. What you with mean. the songs that I, yeah. So one cool thing too on this um, bonus track, they released another instrumental song called "Never Learn," which it goes on for like over 11 minutes long and a good half of that is this instrumental kraut rock kind of thing it's kind of a prog rock kind of sound it's cool it's different i'm not you know i i'm curious about it <laughs> like who yeah where did that like come what, from? where did it
0: come from yeah
1: yeah yeah but there is an additional musician credited for saxophone his name's Stuart dace I love
0: it when a band does that, man. They just throw on
1: something out of left field like that. Yeah, and it's cool too. You know, they just kind of tacked it on the end of "of never lose that feeling." All right, so now let's get into it. Let's listen to what the two new members of the band bring to the table. So, again, we've still got Adam and Jimmy, the founding members. All right, so here we go. Here is um, this might be my favorite one on here, dude. So again, this is with the new members in the band. Here is what you know, kind of the the, the change in sound. I'm all for it, dude. So again, this is Swerve Driver's second studio album, Mescal Head. This is track four on the record. This song is called M.M. Abduction.
0: The way he holds that note in the verse reminds me of something, man. I can't think of it, but it just reminds me of something. Some well, song.
1: this is this is the first song that that I thought, like, wow, this is really. This sounds like like all the emo and like the pop punk kind of stuff. That more that like was... the
0: garage rock stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah. I heard um, the Stills. Yeah. Okay. Yep. The way that guy sings.
0: That. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That's what it is. Yeah, I
1: was trying to think of like you a band to kind of suggest for her it sounds like. The Song of Montreal by The Stills, I you know, just yeah, it just made me think of that kind of stuff. And that was the garage rock revival, you know, from the and, yeah, the early, early 2000s. 2000s. Yeah, and this came out in 93, dude. Crazy.
0: Every episode, dude, your 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 mind is blown by uh, the 90s.
1: Uh, yeah, man, really. I think it's just time to just accept it, dude.
0: This is what the 90s sounded like. And we just weren't, you know, everybody has like these boundaries around what they think each decade sounded like. And like, if you weren't in the, like, if you weren't paying attention and actively seeking out music in that decade, then you're only really going to be exposed to the stuff that was mainstream until you go and seek it out yourself, like is, you know, what we do every week on this show, you know.
1: It, it took us a while, dude, but yeah, we're, we're starting to dive into it finally.
0: But yeah, great, great stuff, man. What what a great recommendation, and yeah, perfect, perfect. Like right, exactly. Like this is in the wheelhouse of exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, what we, the kind of bands that we've been covering this year. So yeah, this is great, man.
1: Yeah, this it's it's great, dude. I I I love this interaction that we're getting with our listeners.
0: I'm gonna ask it again because I haven't heard anything yet. But is there any interest in a no filler T-shirt? Just send us a message on Instagram. T-shirt, yay. Or t-shirt, nay.
1: Or if you have no interest in Instagram and you don't want to create an account just to send us that message, email us at nofillerpodcast at gmail.com.
0: Good call. Just, That's true. <laughs> yeah. If I get enough people that say they're interested, we will make t-shirts.
1: All right. So I got one more track I want to play real quick. Um, and I think I'm just going to play a lengthy clip because I like kind of what happens towards the end, but I don't want to split it up. So... This, we're going to jump down a few tracks here. This is track seven on the record. It is called A Change Is Gonna Come. I'm a big fan of his uh stream of consciousness narrative, dude. I love I love the way he sings. I love the repetition in his lyrics sometimes, and I love the way he like slightly changes like it, like that line that he repeats over and over at the end there. I just love how he slightly changes how he sings it each time. I love that kind of stuff.
0: He's a yeah, he he's got a uh, you know, his voice is it's different, but like I was saying, it's a good mashup of, of kind of a bunch of, um, you know, kind of classic uh, vocalists and, and rock, like we were saying earlier. But um, it's different than, you know, there's no shoegaze band that I could think of that sounds like this, as far as the vocal quality, right? Because like the classic shoegaze vocal is the dreamy, airy kind of vocal, right?
1: Yeah, and it co- kind of goes back to the bands that they were listening to back when they were first starting out, like Husker Du. Yeah. Dinosaur Jr., Sonic Youth—they were taking you know the, that inspiration and just trying to push those boundaries of you know that guitar-driven kind of sound into like a pop format. I think yeah, they they
0: freaking nailed it, dude. Like we said, man, another great band that we had never heard of up until this year, you know. And it just makes you like, well, you know, it just makes me want to keep listening, go to their next album, see what, see what they started sounding like later. Yep. Did they have any sort of like break up or hiatus? You know, a lot of bands seem like they are a lot of these bands, man, they were they were prolific in the nineties and then they stopped, but now they're making music again. And I bet you
1: that's the case with these guys. Exactly the case, dude. Between eighty nine and ninety eight they released four studio albums, EPs and singles. Um Yeah, it says record label issues and waning interest within the group led to their splits at the end of ninety eight. So surprise surprise they had issues with their record label yeah tale as old as time dude but it says here a decade later swerve driver reunited and toured periodically over the next five years releasing their first new material in 15 years with the 2013 single deep wound let's outro out with that dude blindly i haven't listened to it let's just do it man and they've also released two full-length albums since 2013 their last one was in 2019 so it uh, looks like it's just the main two guys, Adam and Jimmy, and then they've got uh, touring stand-ins, Mikey Jones and Mick Quinn, permanently joining the band. Okay, yeah, so that's cool. So they had touring uh, a touring drummer and, and bass player that has since, has since permanently joined. So yeah, dude, they're still going on. Still going strong. Cool. Since 2013, I
0: guess. <laughs> well, that's actually
1: almost a decade, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So yes, uh Marita, thank you so much for this recommendation. You are the first listener that we got a recommendation from that we decided to, to do a full episode on. So, thank you so much again. I am uh, I can't stress enough how much I enjoyed Mescalhead. Head. Like that's up there now for me in in the my list of favorite 90s records. For sure. Totally. So thank you. Thank you. And so, yeah, I guess we'll extend another invitation to all of our listeners to reach out to us on Instagram at any point in time or email us at uh, nofillerpodcast at com with, you know, your favorite record or artist from the 90s within this same vein or in another genre that we're just not, you know, that another genre that we're not thinking of that was overlooked in the 90s that, you know, needs more attention. We are all about it. This is why we do the podcast is just to connect with like-minded music lovers like us. So again, that's at NoFillerPodcast is the handle or NoFillerPodcast at com. What are we doing next week, Trev? Do we have an answer to that question?
0: No, I don't think we do. Well, I mean, we, we just off mic were entertaining the idea of something pretty drastically different. I don't know if we want to go that route yet, but maybe we could close out the month of June with a few more shoegaze bands or 90s alt-rock bands and then head into July with another idea that we're kind of kicking around uh, that we've kind of talked about before as far as like um, a nice theme, I guess, a stint of of episodes on – well, I don't want to spill beans, Q, but – Maybe we'll switch it up here in, in July.
1: Yeah. Let's just say it'll be in the 80s era, which is not a decade that we spend a lot of time in.
0: Uh, no. And if we do, it's like bands like R.E.M., you know, or. Right. You know, kind of more of the same.
1: Yeah. But yeah, we
0: could scrounge up uh, a few more artists under this 90s all rock umbrella for sure. But then right we uh next week. But it'll have to be a surprise, I guess. For Yeah,
1: we don't know. We do not know what we're going to cover next week, so we'll figure it out.
0: But as we just mentioned earlier, dude, there's a there's a bottomless well of great '90s alt rock bands out there, dude, and shoegaze bands. So plenty of options.
1: Totally, yeah. We could we could hang out in this decade for the rest of this year if we really wanted to. All right, so as we're wrapping this up, uh, as always, you can also find us on the Pantheon Podcast Network. That is our network family. Uh lots of really great music centered podcasts within the network. Uh you can follow us on at Pantheon Podcasts on Instagram. Pantheonpodcasts.com is the website. And uh as always, we would like to thank AKG for supporting the show. And yeah, we're gonna outro us out with Swerve Drivers single from 2013 when they kind of reunited it's a song called deep wound and that's that's gonna wrap us up for today thank you as always for listening my name is quentin
0: my name is travis
1: you'll take care